This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe that? We are from Arkansas, no. <laughs> okay, so we are back with episode 21. Mm-hmm. So we've made it through all the living kids i even last week gave a honorable mention not mm. living child so this time i am giving a uh, what's the what's the phrase kind of like a oh what would he be but this is going to be the jatyler episode i guess he's actually kind of like an honorary dugger i guess that's that is the phrase jatyler is the <laughs> one that they end up adopting later on we'll see him Way, way, way later. But because he lives in the Tater Top Mansion, I felt it appropriate to okay. give him an episode. Okay. Next week, you'll see the next direction because we're officially out of children. This was stretching it, right? <laughs> next week, well, you'll see the new direction. Well, we didn't do the parents, right? Hmm? Like, is there going to be like a Lego hair and Michelle episode? Well, I will tune in next week. Oh. <laughs> Not even you don't even know. Tune in. I didn't Tune know in. I was getting <laughs> later at eleven. Yeah. Tune in next week. Okay, so before I actually get into actual episode, I want to cover a, a couple of things first. A little bit of housekeeping, as they say. Housekeeping. First of all, last time we recorded, it was the day before Josh and Anna's, or as Tim hilariously said, I, I my kind of joke, their their anniversary. Get it? Their fourteen year anniversary. And I had put up a poll that night. Do we think she was going to post? Because she had posted for the mm. anniversary of their engagement and her birthday. Right. So not only did she not post when I really thought she'd... I thought she would. I didn't mm-hmm. think it would be a lot, but I thought it would be something. Is she generally pretty active on social? Not these days. Okay. I mean, she was before. But post-scandal, no. But because she came out of the woodworks for their engagement anniversary, I really thought she would. Um, she posted nothing, but not only that, two days ago, she deleted her Instagram entirely. So now she's really not active on social media. Yeah, so interesting. Uh, you could take that a bunch of different ways. Is she just sick of the shit? Doesn't want the pressure of it? Has, no, she's not going to get any sponsorships moving (laughs) on, you know? Right, right. Or, of course, there's, like, the hopeful people being like, does this mean that she was, like, not... She didn't want to talk about their anniversary. She wants right. to leave because she's having feelings. Who the fuck knows? Mm-hmm. But I do think it's something noteworthy. So I just wanted to bring it up. Yep. I text him. I was like, Anna deleted her Instagram. I got a frantic <laughs> text at work. Yeah. Um, I don't really keep him up to date on a lot of new stuff. Because and I'm trying not to look anything up about them now. I'm not. I'm trying not to like 
follow any of them on like Twitter or Instagram or anything. Like I'm just trying to stay. Yeah, he's staying pure. <clears throat> you know, he's he's you know we're really into the purity here. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but the, I had to let him if know. If the floor like, length uh, jean dress fits. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so that was just what I wanted to cover. Is there anything you need to cover before I get into the episode? Mm. Okay. So this episode is called Duggars on Safari, and it premiered on January 27th, 2009. And, you know, it really starts off with a bang. <laughs> the opening scene shows them eating breakfast, and there's a very staged moment. I say staged because Michelle is shown placing cinnamon rolls on the table for everyone, mm-hmm. which... Uh, we know that was all for show <laughs> because uh, Jill was probably the one about to do it. And she was like, no, 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 let me, let me. <laughs> because if you notice, Jill's nowhere to be found. Like some That's of the older, true. you know, it's just kind of fun. I'm like, that was probably like a look at mom making breakfast. <laughs> exactly. I feel it was very um, staged in my opinion. Yep. So Jim Bob announces at breakfast that they will be spending the day at the Wild Wilderness Safari drive Through. Mm-hmm. And Boob says that this will be like traveling over to Africa, uh, like going inside Noah's Ark. Like going inside Noah's Ark, yep. Yep. You know how it, We already me... did that. We yeah. saw that in the museum. Don't get me started on fucking Noah's Ark. It's a whole thing <laughs> with me. Um, and then he says, and it's, quote, and one of the best kept secrets in mid-America. In mid-America. Which, more on that and why that's a complete lie later on. <laughs> So apparently they're going to be volunteering for the day. So Jim Bob gets all into about how, you know, it's good to have a servant's heart. And I didn't write down the like a lot of it because it's just, it's whatever. Fluff. It's just like Jessa being like, it's really good when you serve other people. I mean, it's just like whatever. Um, I do want to say that when they asked Jessa, I knew it was her before oh, her name was on job. the screen too. I just want to point that out. Good job. Tim um, really. <laughs> I, I'm sorry with certain swaths of that brood i just have like face blindness he does he really like, that's why if you've seen in some of my like captions of visuals i'm like ginger or jessa tim because he really struggles the most i feel like we've all come to the like like as a group everybody's accepted okay you can't fucking tell who the lost boys are like mm-hmm. i feel like everybody accepts that right but for some reason i'm dead set on like getting tim to understand the <clears throat> difference between ginger and jessa and it sounds like you did this week so that's good Well, they both have sassy faces and they're both kind of snarky and they both do the poofy banging yep. in the front and they both mm-hmm. have crunchy hair Jana yep. has her very own look jill has her own look mm-hmm. not saying that ginger and jessa actually do look alike but i could see how someone like tim like a boy maybe not pick up on these things damn (laughs) there i am talking there i am talking down to you again you you all heard it you all heard it right there (laughs) but what i was gonna say was that uh when they asked jessa about having a servant's heart she was you could you could visibly visibly see when she kicked into i need to recite the lyrics that i've memorized yeah yeah and and I wrote, poor Jessa went dead eyes and and read her script. Yeah, because it lit- it felt like you could see her brain kind of shut off because then it became that like line please cool <laughs> yeah it became that thing of like I've memorized I've memorized the song and yeah. now I know what to say so like my brain can shut off for a little bit yep you know it's autopilot okay here we go kick that <clears> on <throat> um let's see where am I. So, oh, I just, I did write down what Josiah says. So the producer asked Josiah, so you don't mind working for free? 
And mm-hmm. he says, I don't mind working for free. It's a lot of fun. And basically, you do get paid just in a different way. Mm-hmm. Not with money, but you get paid in, as you know, you're helping someone else. And and then he kind of like puts his like his face to his chin, like his hands to his chin and like that kind of like wondering manner. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to like describe it to people, you know, when you're kind of like thinking. And he says, okay, I want to think, um, I'm just at a loss for words. Yeah. <laughs> So the script ran out. (laughs) (laughs) So then Jim Bob heads out with the older kids and the youngest two are left with Michelle to come later on. So Michelle, I'm sure, is fucking panicked uh, (laughs) at the thought of having to, uh, you know, underneath her IBLP, like perma, like gaze, you know, and like smile. I think there's some deep panic in there that she's actually left to take care of her own children. (laughs) But I could be projecting. Hey, she, she's ready for it. She already put a, a staged pan of cinnamon rolls on the table. That was in preparation for the day ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so they arrive at the safari. They take the bus. I didn't have anything noteworthy of the bus ride, did you? Okay. Um, oh. I knew from the cold open that this was going to be a famey heavy episode. Oh, Because yes. they put her front and center. Famey cannot miss an opportunity oh. for some camera time. And especially I, if it's like an outing. Oh, yeah. I thought the wedding there. was rough. This one was a little... This one was rough. So they arrive at the safari and they start by feeding the kangaroos and they're feeding them bread. The kangaroos are very cute. Mm -hmm. I like them. Um, And Jim Bob is telling Famie because of, I wrote, because of course Famie is there. (laughs) Just like we just kind (laughs) of talked about. Uh, He's telling Famie to kiss a kangaroo and she says, I thought I was supposed to wait to kiss until I was married. Yep. So there's the examples of why the producers love having Amy around. She's, even though she she's just as annoying, she's the anti-Jim Bob. Yeah. And it's hilarious. In like a middle ground kind of way. You Correct. Know? Yeah. It's not antagonistic, but she can get under his skin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then they start this thing where they're trying to do like the whole lady and tramp thing, but with bread. Instead of spaghetti with the animals. Yeah, this was weird. And like Ginger's <clears throat> trying it with a kangaroo. And then like later on, Amy's doing it with like a buffalo. <laughs> like yeah. they're just like holding the bread between them. And it's never successful. It's just like, but they're so, it, like they spend a lot of time on this. And I'm like, okay, next, yeah. next. So Yeah, that was this, a little weird. This episode's weird because there's not a lot to, a lot to talk about. Because yeah. it's so many shots of just them still feeding bread to a right. different animal. So I could sit here and be like, well, now they're feeding bread to the you know yeah to the goats <laughs> when they showed up can i have a go back oh yeah yeah and um can i re- reference me having to bring like raise my hand <laughs> oh, shit, go ahead <laughs> okay because it's something that we've been talking about so whitney leads this podcast and that's fine i say she's women the- are never supposed to lead i say she's the talent so um i'm, I'm not a good wife i'm, I'm never supposed producer. to take charge I'm just the producer that kind of helps every once in a while. So Whitney, as the talent and as the knowledge, is the one that leads this. She is the one that's keeping the I'm driving the, the Duggar bus. You're driving the bus. I'm yep. Jib Bob in the seat of that 15 passenger. Awful. <laughs> Awful. Not the role playing that I want. Um, so somebody, I think on a review or something, said that, Every time I want to bring something up, I have to kind of go, can I interject? Can I interject? 
And I just want to put it out there. The reason why I'm doing that is because I want to make sure that Whitney's done with the point. And then just be like, I know she's trying to like get to the end of the episode. So I'm like, hey, real quick, can I have a go back? And also we watched it separately, <clears throat> take our notes separately. Yeah. And then I'm writing down every scene, all the quotes. Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of, you know, he has his own thing. So you'll sometimes hear me go like anything else, anything else. And yeah. literally a lot of the times when he's catching my attention, it's because I'm looking down and he wants yeah. to make sure I don't move on. So. Or she, yeah, or she moves on and I go, hold on, can I go back just like I did right now? So. So what I wanted to say, but I'm talking down to you. (laughs) We know we, we can hear it. Um, so when the, when they get to the farm or the right ranch or whatever you're going to call it, the safari, um, all the kids are around and Lego hair is talking to the, the owner just about how many people he brought. And there was one thing I noticed. John David had a shirt. That looked like an old, like, Aeropostale, Aeropostale. Well, I mean, that's very 2000s. But when you looked at it, it said, Our Apostle. Oh, I didn't even catch it. Oh, it shit. It said, Our Apostle, but it was in that same where it was like the, oh, the yeah. parabola little, yeah. arc and then the little symbol underneath that looks kind of like a college crest or something, yes. you know? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to have to go back in visuals and catch it because <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you caught I didn't catch that at all. Because it's, I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's one of those shirts. And I'm like, oh, why would they be wearing like that? I wonder what it says in the little crusty thing, like which apostle. Like, (laughs) we could probably find the shirt for sale or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought that was funny. Good catch. (laughs) All right. Where am I? Um, He was witty. Him and his witty t shirt. John David. GD. Oh, I said GD. JD. (laughs) No, GDs was the person complaining about all the GDs and F bombs. That's true. Um, JD coming through again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where am I? All right, so oh. this is after the weird bread lady in the train. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. So then they're doing all the bread shit. Um, and then there's a talking head of Jim Bob, and he's asked if at any point he was concerned for the safety of his kids. Oh, God. And go fucking figure. Of course, he <laughs>, laughs and says no. I, I don't think he's overall very concerned with their safety, you know, whether it be letting their kids around animals like, you know, the buffalo or Josh <laughs> um, or lost in an airport. I just don't right. think that's really a concern for him. No. And it was one of the Lost Boys. There's a sign that says, don't chase the animals. And James. And he was chasing, chasing a pig. Is that the one they? Is that the the one that the crew that, said would yes. do weird shit to animals? I was wondering if he'd pick up on it because mm. he was he was, and I don't even remember exactly what he's saying, but he was being a little and like. There's the part of you, of course, that can be like, he's being a little boy. But then there's that other part of you that goes. Uh. Well, it's because he was like kind of like yipping at him, and then he was chasing after him, going, "I'll get you, I'll come get you," and I'm like, if you put creepy like piano music to that horror movie. And then, of course, putting that with what that person said, you look at things a little different. So you're like, is he the... Because I remember him being like, he's going to be a fucking serial killer. He always went after animals. So to watch him going after an animal was interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, it's James. (laughs) When they have the talking head and they're asking Lego hair, did you ever worry about the safety of your children? He had that like dumb, blank, like IBLP look on his face. Mm-hmm. But right before he talked, he got the guilty look on his face. And he got guilty and he looked to the right instead of into the camera and then looked down and was like, no, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But you could t- you could tell he he was like this isn't going to look good for me. Yeah. I want you to be, you will very distinctly be able to see it. So when you do the the visuals, the visuals I want you to pinpoint that moment. Okay. I will. Cuz you can see it where he's like, "Oh shit." <laughs> I should probably be saying oh, something shit. else. I don't but care I'm not. about my kids. Yeah. So the next thing they're they're uh, heading out to feed more animals and this time they're in like this giant truck full of bread. Like it's literally just I like I feel like full they're feeding these animals too much bread. Too much I'm like where is the protein? I'm like all <laughs> carbs, man. Can you imagine the carb counts on these camels? Like they should be eating like vegetation <laughs> and they literally had like a dump truck full of old which bread. Kind, which things will kind of make sense when I talk about some stuff later. But, um, yeah, there's just, like, a big truck full of bread to the point where, like, the older kids, like, Amy and, Gin- um, not Ginger, it was Jessa. See? Oh. Oh, see, I started oh. to fuck up there. Oh, jeez. Wow. Um, so, like, maybe it's not that easy. It was John, David, Famey, and mm-hmm. Jessa. They're Correct. sitting in it. And it's just all this bread. It's, like, at least, at least a week's worth of Duggar heels. Like, you know, the butts of the bread. And bagels. Yeah, no, and... it's, it's, like, a week's worth of Duggar mm-hmm. discard. Duggar discard. And actually, there's a little pop-up that ends up saying that this truck holds 3,200 loaves of bread, which is actually a year's worth of Duggar bread. To me, bit. it looks like a week, you know. But <laughs> Yeah. You know, who's looking at specifics? Um, so they're just driving along, and it's basically John David doing all the work. He's shoveling the bread out to the animals. Mm-hmm. Famy can't resist being Famy. She's throwing bread at people, and it's like food fight, but it's stupid. It's just I don't know. I didn't have much to say about that. It's just nope. it's a whole lot of nothing really mm-hmm. happening. So let's. I'm just gonna um, move forward into the monkey portion. Are you okay with that? Last thing I got is that there was multiple things where uh, they had a lot of camels. Yes. The camels were cute. I think camels are cute I like as well. Camels, like they have, I like their puffy muzzle. I know they're like cute. Their puffy I just lips like them. I have, mean, yeah. I just like animals, but like, and they have big, long, lavish eyelashes. <laughs> they do. It's yeah. Got to keep that sand up. They don't have to get fucking, but, you know, extensions. <laughs> it doesn't seem like anybody likes the camels. I know the Duggars they're don't like them. Shit. One of them was like, "Ew, it touched me." Yeah, um, like Ginger like the, was all like, mm, "The camels are gross." Yeah, the like, little boy, like the little boy of the family. They were asking him how it is to live with all these animals. And even in his answer, they were like, how's it living with all these camels? And he was like, not good. I, not good. I feel bad for camels. They're fucking cute. And they make a, you know, they make the pink cigarette I smoked in high school, you know? <laughs> Anyways. So now they're in the monkey area. Mm-hmm. And they're watching this certain ape that he's really active and it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And he's jumping around and running around. And, of course, Boob takes this as an opportunity to interject his beliefs. And he says, with, you know, both ha- I'm putting both hands out right now, mm-hmm. right? You got to open palms. You're, like, doing the gesture. And he says, man did not evolve from apes. And he follows it up with, although my children do act like this like them some of the time and that got some laughs from the mm-hmm. children yeah but of course you know can't miss that opportunity <laughs> we know how they feel of course then it goes to a scene of joy feeding a black bear that she's doing this through a chain link <clears throat> fence and boob says that is a chance of a lifetime joy you'll probably never do that the rest of your life and then he immediately follows it up with in the wilderness, that that would probably be dangerous, I guess. 
Did you catch that? No. Which I'm like, that says everything we think about Boob and his kid's safety. <laughs> and that might be uh, dangerous, I, I guess. Oh I, I'm, yes, I'm assuming meeting a bear <laughs> and feeding it in the wilderness might be a little dangerous. Oh, man. But I, I just felt like that really punctuated the whole safety thing for this episode. It doesn't... <laughs> He's just so used to not giving a shit. I know. He doesn't even realize how bad it looks. Like, yeah. he just doesn't care. All right. Um, and then I just wrote, oh, my God, Hippo is so fucking cute. That Hippo was cute. He that was Hippo was so working cute. it, too. Oh, my God. I love the Hippo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love him. That's basically it. And then they end up going to see the tigers. I was a fucking tiger freak as a kid. Still, I just, I love cats. Which Mildred appreciates, yeah. 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 We, we've both talked about how we love looking at big cats act like house cats. Yeah, they sit in boxes just like Mildred. Yeah, it's like they'll give them like a refrigerator box. And there was like this like three-stage picture of it kind of like sniffing it, like pawing at it. And the next it was sitting in it like it's, a turkey. It's <laughs> the whole, if I fits, I sits. Yeah, all you can see is like its <laughs> eyes and like its little pointy ears. Besides the fact that they can fucking rip you apart, they act like a cat. Like it's, I love it. I'm not um, gonna lie. There's an Instagram page I follow now that's like a like a bobcat rescue or like a wildcat rescue, uh-huh. and they're just they're medium sized. They're mean as hell. Oh yeah, yeah. You sent me this. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like they look like the University of Arizona logo. Oh yeah, which they is look exactly Tim like yeah, like the stripes and like the little, <laughs> little fluff. the little fluff on yeah. the cheek. Oh, I just love kitties. <laughs> I don't care if they'll kill me. I love them. <laughs> But they end up saying that little fact is that each of them eats six chickens a day. So good to know they're not getting bagels. <laughs> they're not getting bagels like the camels. <laughs> These malnourished animals. I know. Um, so then the episode actually ends with them all getting to pet a baby tiger. And that's kind of it. I mean, We kind mm-hmm. of ran through this. Yeah. I just want to point out, did you notice that we never actually see Michelle come with little kids? Yeah, they mentioned that they'll be like, oh, you'll be coming with mom later. So it made me wonder if... They did go back later, or and if that was just filmed. their way, yeah, or, or that was just their way of getting the little kids to not shut up, freak out about, <laughs> yeah, and then like coming. hopefully they forget. Right. Granted, I mean, it literally they could have come later because this was them feeding versus like maybe they came later and they actually went through stuff. Yeah, but I was like, oh, they never showed the little kids come, so I mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. But here, okay, so I'm gonna do something. Do you have anything else to say about the episode before I move Negative. on? Okay, I'm gonna do something slightly unprecedented. <laughs> I'm gonna do a mini deep dive, or or maybe like a snorkel. On this, that's not the actual deep dive. <laughs> okay. World, world, world premiere. <laughs> so earlier I said I would tell you a little more about the facility and how in the, when I was saying that, like when Jim Bob said that, and I was like, that's not right. Like when mm-hmm. he said, well, the wilderness, uh, wild wilderness safari drive through just shut down March 9th of this year. Okay. So this is following several scandals and violations over the course of the years. Oh, God. In 2017, a complaint was filed against them citing 68 citations against the Animal Welfare Act between the years of 2012 to 2016. Damn. Giving them all fucking bagels. In 2019, they had to pay a $75,000 fine just to reopen. And some of the violations included at least 13 instances of failure to provide adequate veterinary care. 43 instances of dirty and inadequate conditions. And then also insufficient barriers between the animals and the public. <laughs> like Joy with like a fucking bear. Like, <laughs> like right there. Yeah. 
so some more specific instances that were were that some animals were getting frostbite from being left out in the cold. Fucking awful. And animals being mixed in cages, such as bears, goats, and ponies. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? So, in fact, there's actually a video that surfaced in 2019 that showed a bear attacking a pony. Jeez. So, the funny part that it being about a bear and then, like... Him talking about, Joy, this is a once a lot. They might be, uh, I guess, dangerous. Like, <laughs> makes it extra funny. Not funny. Um, the safari was run by the Wilmoth family. And it started in the 60s when Ross Wilmoth got three buffalo and just slowly started collecting, you know, more wild animals. Oh, my God. Because that's how it should go. Of course. So, I mean, that's your issue right here. Like, like right there it's like wild animals are just not something you collect like a fucking beanie baby <laughs> like like what does this guy know about wild animals clearly nothing mm-hmm. so by 1975 they were starting to charge admission to people to come through and see the animals so that's kind of how it got all started it was his mm-hmm. own personal thing 60s 75 he starts charging this feels like real quick it feels like Brian Fellows from SNL. <laughs> I'm Brian Fellows. <laughs> One of my favorite Tracy Morgan characters I think he ever played on there. You've talked about it on here before too. Yeah, but it was. I've probably said this exact you thing, have, but it's but funny. But if you don't remember, <laughs> go for it. At the beginning, it was supposed to be like a show where a kids show where they had like people from the zoo come with different animals, it's so good. and they were on there, and he knew nothing about them, and he was kind of he thinks they would be trying to steal his credit and like all sorts of dumb stuff ensued but at the beginning during the theme song the announcer guy goes brian fellows is not an accredited zoologist he's just an enthusiastic young man with a sixth grade education and a love for all of god's creatures i feel like that's what this sounds like no it literally is and i keep thinking about when he was all that bird is a liar (laughs) yeah they taught they taught a, a parrot to say i'm brian fellow and he gets mad. That and that's bird is a liar. Because <laughs> the bird keeps saying, and he was all, no, you're not. <laughs> I can't tell. Yeah. I fucking love this sketch. Yeah. Anyways, and so, I might be a little drunk. <laughs> so Ross Ross Wilmoth is not an accredited dude, zoologist. Yep. Um, oh, God, I got to find myself. Okay. Um, I just wanted to leave this with this last quote from Leon Wilmoth. Which he's actually he's so he's the son of Ross, okay. and we saw him in the es- episode. He was the one who greeted them when they got there. Okay. Um, so in an article about the closing just this past year, mm-hmm. Leon said there were new challenges and requirements every day in operating the business, and it was just getting to be too much. Okay. All the requirements from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which licenses the business to show its animals to the public, is the biggest hurdle. Okay, um, yeah, so those are in place to keep the animals safe. Yeah. And have, and people safe, like everybody's safe here. You know, these people that are just trying to, you know, make sure we're doing everything safe, they're the real hassle. For, right and i mean and i don't have a whole lot of trust in the usda so if the usda says you're doing it wrong you're doing it way wrong like you know what i mean former Fuck. school nutrition worker <laughs> right? right there <laughs> can you tell um this is just exactly why it's not okay for joe fucking schmo to just like one day be like i'm gonna start a safari it's the tiger you know? king like, thing all over yes again. it is it's yeah. exactly mm-hmm. anyways um I just really wonder what happened to the animals. That's my concern right now. Yeah. 
So that's it. So that was just like a mini snorkel that I just felt like I had to talk about of the place. Yeah, definitely. So um, that's not the deep dive. God, I always hope that they're like on the up and up. Yeah. Like when they went to that amusement park, I'm like, okay, how many people died from like poisoned uh, candy apples or something? You know what I mean? There's always like some scandal. Yeah. And so. here you thought we were going to get through this quick and then I had to add something there at the end. I have a way of coming in and fucking it up every time we're going to get through something fast. Women, am I right? Am I right? All right. <laughs> Anything else to add before we move on to deep dive? Nope. Let's move on. All right. Take a little break. Good evening. And welcome to Brian Fellow Safari Planet. <laughs> we were just talking about that because he wasn't an accredited zoologist. He was just <laughs> an enthusiastic like young man. So it's like he didn't know any facts about these animals. So the one with the parrot, he was like, my next guest just enjoys singing and being in a cage. <laughs> oh, I oh, love man. it so much. It's so good. If you haven't, look it up, guys. It's hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, that bird is a liar. <laughs> oh, okay. Whew. Anyways. <laughs> Hang on. Okay. Um, so today's deep dive is inspired by the date of the episode. Okay. And it's airing, <clears throat> at least. So like I mentioned earlier, t- the episode we're talking about today premiered on January 27th, 2009. Okay. The focus of today's deep dive is... On a post that was made by Rebecca Keller's, then at the time, uh, McDonald, made by her husband. Uh, if you remember, Rebecca in the wedding was the ringleader of the ringlets, the very blonde one with okay. the glasses. Okay. So she was married to somebody named McDonald. Correct. Okay. So her husband, also a Josh, okay. Josh McDonald, he made a post on Duggars Without Pity blog days you know pre-reddit <laughs> and stuff um duggars without pity on january 28th 2009 so a day after the episode we're focusing on now but three days after the wedding episode which aired on the 25th there okay. was this week where there was a ton of fucking episodes there was the wedding and then last week's episode was on the 27th and then today's episode's on the 27th so anyways okay so the day after what we just what we're talking about airing So I'm actually going to read you the actual post. I'm going to read it in its entirety, but I'm going to try to kind of just like muscle through, power through pretty quickly because it's not the entire point of the deep dive. But I do think for context, it shows us his, his thinking at the time. Okay, so Josh posts, where to start? This is a post I've waited to write for a long time and I can finally do so now that the wedding episode has aired. Before now, I was not permitted permitted to speak on, of such things. Oof. There have been many comments about the integrity of the Keller family, and I would like to reveal some information that may set the record straight. You may ask how I can validate the information I will give. I am the guy that married the second Keller girl, and I was in the Duggar Keller wedding as a groomsman. I have been following this thread since August of last year and have enjoyed a lot of the snark, which I think is funny. (laughs) (laughs) However, there are some items that were offensive because even if I don't agree with my in-laws on a lot of, or in parentheses, he puts most, there are um, most things, they are still my wife's family. That and TLC did what media usually does. They twisted things to make them 
say what they wanted said. The supposed focus on sex, at least on the Keller side, is nothing in all caps compared to what TLC has made it out to be. They want everyone to think that this is what conservative fundies are focused on, but at least with the Keller family, this is the furthest thing from the truth. TLC has done a good job of using their show as a tool to change some things into unreality. I just want to take a sidestep for a second and say that I can see where people will come off with like, okay, they made this a focus of an episode, but these beliefs actually exist. Mm Mm-hmm. I think they were going to give him those sex books and shit anyway. Agree. Of course, TLC would fucking chomp at the opportunity to put this on camera. Mm-hmm. But I I think it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you see it as they, they put too much focus on this. Correct. But of course, TLC, as a reality show, is going to focus on the things that are the most mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Having a fucking sex talk is going to be interesting, right? Correct. Got to create that content. Right. He says, I can't speak much regarding the Duggars as I don't know them at all outside of the wedding experience. However, and then he puts insanity and like stars. So like wedding insanity. However, the Kellers are very sweet family that don't really deserve the level of smirk thrown at them. Dad Keller, which is what the older son-in-law and I call him, is not the child molester everyone is making it out to be. And I had to look that up and people were just saying he was like creepy and stuff and like gave off child molester vibes. No actual real like accusations Mm -hmm. he has struggled severely with a chronic health condition over the past 10 years and it's a miracle that he can still walk he has a heart of gold (coughs) that is intent on ministering to young people in the detention centers throughout florida and he has served faithfully for many years in this area several of his older children have worked in the detention centers with him including anna and my wife i have been with him to these centers on several occasions it is a difficult job, but one that he has willingly taken on at the detriment of his family's income. <laughs> um, at this point, Florida will not allow non-residents in detention centers anymore, and therefore I'm not allowed to accompany with him, blah, 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 as he and his wife live in Texas. As far as their beliefs are concerned, there are many areas where I disagree with my in-laws and my own parents for that matter. This is where it's a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. I was raised in the same ATI slash Bill Gothard slash homeschool sect as the Duggars and Kellers. And as I grew older, I found the lack of truth in the teachings of this person and organization and developed my own convictions and standards. My wife and I are both beyond many of the things we were raised in and have left the quiverful movement and its associated mentality behind. The heathens. Right? That's not to say that we do not claim conservative Christianity. We both do. However, the fundamental junk that has permeated into... Junk! Junk. Oh my, such strong language. My goodness. It's like when Alice said tush. um, (laughs) Has permeated into a legalistic mindset of supposed relevant standards and lifestyles are all sickening to me. The sad thing about it is that a lot of people raised in this lifestyle never even stop to think for themselves and consider what the Bible really teaches. I did, and that's why I fall on the other side of the line from the rest of my family. Snark at me for being a conservative Christian, but don't snark at me for thinking for myself. It's starting to get a little more, you know, whatever. The producers of the show, this is where he really just kind of rails on TLC. Like, he has a fucking bone to pick with TLC. 
<clears throat> he says the producers of the show did a fairly lousy job of revealing the reality of who the Kellers are. The show's not about the Kellers. So, I mean, you know. That's like, true. <laughs> the interview where Dad Keller is talking about the wine grape juice thing was about 45 minutes long. They only put two clips in it to make the dra- dramatic statements that everyone wants to see. How do I know? I was sitting in the sanctuary the whole time waiting for the wedding pictures to start. We were supposed to... Hang on, I gotta flip my page. Be ready at 5 o'clock the evening of the wedding. I was ready, but no one else was. I sat in the sanctuary just off camera, yet still able to see my father-in-law. No, I don't agree with everything he said, but that's besides the point. Okay, so understandably, a 45-minute thing is not going to go into the episode. (laughs) Of yeah. course, they're going to pull the point. But mm-hmm. I don't feel like... I feel like he's very focused on the fact that you only pulled these points. But it doesn't take away from the context. Does he really believe that uh, it's grape juice, not wine? Yeah. Yes. So you're saying that there's 45 other minutes of this. Mm-hmm. But what he said is not untrue. You know? Yeah. Like, that's what he believes. So mm-hmm. I feel like he's kind of like... Ex- we're like, yeah, yeah, that's how... That's how reality t- television works. They they record for hours on works. end. Yeah, you know, and they yeah. pull this much. That's just like that's not even like reality TV doing it for for ratings. Like I remember when we first opened the hotel, we had Channel Three there, and they filmed like fifty minutes of stuff. You know how much made it into it? The interview with our GM. Yeah, and like four second flash where they were like kind of panning through the restaurant yeah they were there for an hour exactly you know yeah yeah i'm like you're explaining to us how tv works but i kind of take it back to alice when alice acted like it was some crazy thing that like tlc paid for those trips and it's like yeah um yeah like i don't know if these people are just if it was early enough in reality tv that a lot of people didn't understand that or if these people are just that naive but it's like yeah that's how tv works or are they just trying to find something to be angry yeah. to support their mm-hmm. you know um he says why weren't we interviewed on the show i despise the whole tlc thing the producers asked my wife three times if they could interview her and she refused each time i told them point blank that i didn't want to be on the show why were we in the wedding to begin with because we love anna the assistant which produced- i i get that i get the fact that they were like we didn't want to be a part of this but then you can't rail against the circus because you knew what you got yourself into. Yeah. Like you knew that that was involved in this wedding. So it's like if you were so staunch, you shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Or totally. you shouldn't have been in the wedding party. Well, I'm going to get into that point. He says, I'm going to sort of um, paraphrase. He says that he was asked to sign an optional waiver that they couldn't use his name and that they would blur out his face. Uh, but he was told it was optional. And so he said he didn't want to sign it, blah, 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 blah. And then he says that when they were taking pictures for the wedding, that the main producer, as he says, good old Sean, he has a major bone to pick with Sean, um, confronted me on this platform in in front of most of the wedding party, including Josh and Jim Bob and the other 50 people sitting in the sanctuary. He told me in a loud voice that I had to sign the waiver. We got in an argument about it in front of everyone. And when I refused because it was optional, he said that if I didn't, he wouldn't permit me to be in the wedding because he wasn't going to destroy his show over one person who didn't want to be on TV. Then he just puts jerk, period. <laughs> Which, um, go ahead. Once again, if you knew what you were getting yourself into, you knew there was going to be stipulations when it came to it. Now it feels like you're trying to 
martyr yourself. Yeah. To be like the, I'm not going to stand for this, for them making me do things. And it's like you put yourself in that yeah. situation. So he says he signed the waiver to keep the peace with the family, but that it was evident to him that the Duggars weren't in control, but that it was definitely TLC. But it's like, yes, that's what the show, that's kind mm-hmm. of how it works. Um, he says, oh, and Sean, because I know you read this forum, your assistant producer lied to me about my wife signing the waiver. He used that as a ploy to try to get me to sign it. She was never approached about signing it. And you filmed her and used footage without her authorization where we saw her terrible hair, um, which I remember correctly is against the law. He said that, that the whole thing ticked him off. Whoa. Whoa. Strong language again. Um, he just says that as far as he's concerned, Anna loves Josh and the whole Duggar family. Out of all the Duggar girls, that she's the one who sincerely does want like a lot of kids. How excited is she about the media attention? I don't know. She always was the one who didn't want to be on camera. But like I said, she really does love Josh and Josh really does love her. Oh, and then he talks about Ma Keller. Let's talk a little bit about Ma Keller. Ooh, Ma Keller and them games. Right? He says, my mother-in-law, she is quiet and always has been. However, she loves her children like no other mother I know and not in an overpowering protective way. She, for one, hates the cameras on her. She doesn't like the camera and hates to be put on the spot, but that's just who she is. Yes, she is kind of stuck in the old, fundamental, extremely conservative appearance, but she likes it, so just let her be. Oh, and then he talks about their property. He says their trailer and property. Dad Keller gives roughly 15 to 20 hours a week to multiple detention centers and prisons throughout Florida. Their home allows him access to these multiple locations from a central spot. Yet again, TLC did a lousy job of depicting the Kellers. They live on multiple acres and have a tennis court, swimming pool, and soccer fields behind the trailer, which was never shown on the shows. From what I've seen, the tennis court is literally a dirt it's not like it's like a poured pad Mm -hmm. it's an above ground swimming pool so there's like this like middle ground he's saying tlc is trying to make them look poor and terrible but then he's like but they have all this but it's like you're making the stuff they sound like sound like it's like it's not like they have some like resort tennis court and like pool you know yeah (laughs) there's a middle ground here like yeah they don't have grounds and we run out to the atrium and figure but i also don't think that tlc showing their literal house is a an unfair depiction it's their house and once again the show wasn't about them exactly like to show the fact that this is their house that is their house what do you want them to do like i don't know so and it makes it sound like i'm standing it from tlc but i'm just saying that like to film their literal house without showing all the property around who know who expects you to show but they also have a swimming pool like that's their fucking house (laughs) anyways um it wasn't a it wasn't a like a slander job yeah that was being pushed on TLC. Yep. Um, they have invested their lives in the ministry they're involved in at the detriment to their family. Spending tens of thousands of dollars of their own money to print books. I have some of his books and they're badly printed, by the way. <laughs> they literally are like going off the page. I'm not kidding. Oh my god. Um, they regularly have guests over. Their children are socially capable and adequately rounded young people. Sheltered, yes. Stupid, no. They are fun and engaging. I wouldn't have married my le- my wife if this weren't so. Hmm. Their church, they attend a church in their area, not the Buford, not the one that the wedding was at, basically. Um, let's see what else. I'm trying to like skip some stuff. 
Just for the record, the whole Jim Bob Josh sex talk on the day of the wedding was staged. I, I didn't think it wasn't. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like everybody knows that it was like, we're going to do this. Yeah. So, But it still would have happened if it wasn't aired. You still think he would have given him the book and everything? Maybe not out at that church. I think it was like, well, I was going to do this anyway. We might as well make content. I think it's like might as well turn it into content mm. type thing. Which is a very, obviously we see how that is in our kind of media yeah. society now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like you got to get them follows. You got to you got to get the the interaction to push you deeper into the algorithm, you know. Which is basically what he's calling this out for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he says Sean and the camera crew, crew told Jim, Bob, and Josh to have the talk. They said they needed it to get it for the show. Yet more evidence of how the producers are skewing this focus of it more on sex. They filmed nonstop from Thursday night to Friday night at the hotel. It was literally nonstop with two different crews all over the grounds, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it was their you know, wedding. It's like, yeah, but they chose to use stage questions and elements that they wanted to make the show that what they wanted. But I digress. That's how TV works. Um, what about me and my wife? We are happily married and have two children. Children. I have a solid career in technology. Blah, 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 blah. I am heavily involved in my church. I don't know if I will homeschool my children or not yet. No, we aren't going to have 20 kids. Yes, we will probably have one or two more. No, my wife is not pregnant. No, we don't want a reality TV show. Um, he said, this is just kind of funny because you pointed this out in the wedding episode. Oh, and the wedding dress was my wife's. My wife graciously loaned the dinner napkin to Anna. Yes, I was ticked about the train getting ripped off. Just the beginning ticked. of Josh fucking things up. <laughs> ticked. Ticked. Um, blah, blah, blah. He talks about the suits. I don't give a shit. Um, you can believe me if you want to forget if you don't. I think I have included enough detail to convince you. Blah, 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 blah. I just wanted to set the record straight in regard to the Kellers and TLC did a horrible job representing them. Sean, I waited until after the wedding episode to post this stuff. You're welcome. Oh, and that waiter was classic. I will give you that much. So his little <laughs> nod to Jeffrey Knight, tantric dancer himself. Yeah. Okay. So I knew that I would cover just that because I thought it was funny. Okay. Clearly just kind of in defense of the Kellers and just talking shit about DL- TLC and the whole thing, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Trying um, to explain how TV works. Just kind of like this funny thing or whatever. But of course, I could not leave it at that. So I had to keep diving a little bit more on Josh McDonald, right? Um, okay, so we know that he and Rebecca divorced in 2015 after 11 years of marriage and, you know, Bush League two kids. Okay, so the reason for their divorce was listed as discord or conflict of personalities that destroys the legitimate ends of the marriage relationship and prevents any reasonable expectation of reconciliation. Um, We know that Rebecca ended up remarrying that fucking ancient guy that's like literally (laughs) in the 70s and appears as though, as far as I can tell, Josh did not remarry. Okay, so they've been divorced like seven years now. Um, in 2017, there was a restructuring of their custody agreement as Josh had fought for more time with their kids. Okay. He was just had like the typical like weekends and now he has more time than that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just a little recap. Here's what we know. He grew up in IBLP, but he moved away from it, which um, 
he kind of left for like a more mainstream conservative Christian type feel. Mm-hmm. But he spent five years as the pastor of an evangelical church. I wasn't able to pinpoint what five years mm-hmm. was that while he was with Rebecca after not not entirely. I don't think it was after. I think it was either at, le- at least some part of their marriage, I believe. Okay. Don't quote me, though. But let's now folk- <laughs> Let's now talk about Josh McDonald of 2022. Okay. So when you go to his social media profile, right off the bat, his bio says, he, him, <laughs> which to me already speaks volumes like to a more progress- progressive mindset. Correct. Because uh, most uber conservatives are not down with the pronouns. <laughs> I don't. That's my experience, at least. Yeah. They're just like they're always like bitching about it. My friend Angela, like five years ago, was like the first one at our job to do that, and like in her email signature. Mm-hmm. And I remember another like coworker of mine like being like, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, yep. "Why the fuck do you care? Why do you care? Yeah, it literally doesn't affect you at all." We got fucking what's her face over here that has like the the clip art like blinky like bouquet of flowers and the the scrolly fucking words in purple you can't fucking read i can't stand that as her email signature but i don't go fucking around telling everybody about it like why do you care yeah anyways so yeah so i was like huh like literally the first thing i saw Mm -hmm. and then under that it says empath dash bridge builder and then it says exvangelical which i just wanted to say he doesn't say Ex evangelical. He just like makes like mm-hmm. a word like ex evangelical. Um, he's an avid hiker, mountain climber, and he has a YouTube channel where he has some videos of him like with his various hiking. And he's like got a Jeep and he does all of those. Like, oh, he's like crunchy like, granola. He's an outdoorsy type, right? Also on his YouTube channel is a video that he also uses as a podcast episode. Okay. So far, there's only one episode of this podcast, um, which is 32 minutes long, and it was released in December of 2021, okay. and I did listen to that episode. <laughs> um, it wasn't super riveting, to be quite honest. I'd be curious to listen if he has would do more, but he hasn't up to this point. Okay. But the episode was all about frameworks, which is actually the episode title, and it's just the gist of it is that, you know, our life is full of, like, frameworks or ideas that basically dictate how we see things or how things are run. Mm -hmm. So he references, like, the Constitution. That's a form of framework. Um, Or being American, we have this, like, framework in our head of, like, we're so much better than these other places. Like, he just Mm -hmm. kind of, like, uses that, like, we have these frameworks in our brain, right? Mm -hmm. That's the basic gist of it. But what I really want to focus on is an entry he has on his website that was actually just recently posted August 28th of this year. So just a little over a month ago. It's titled Worthless. Okay. So I'm going to paraphrase most of it, but we'll get to a few points where I'm going to I'll do some quotes. Mm-hmm. So he starts off by saying, quote, one of the largest impact creators... Christianity left behind in my life was my sense of personal identity. 
Then he goes on to say that it was compounded by his homeschooling and how he was philosophically isolated and his knowledge development was restricted. Mm -hmm. We know. (laughs) Um, He talks about how like none of this really occurred to him and then suddenly he's like a 40-year-old man Mm -hmm. and he finally sees it for what it really was and he says, quote, Lonely, isolated, and without context beyond the teachings of Christianity. Hmm. Um, He talks about how Christianity centers around the idea of framework. Again, using this, this is obviously a phrase he's kind of like honed in on. Mm -hmm. Framework that the fundamental nature of humans is centered around sin. Mm -hmm. Obviously because of original sin. So he breaks down in, you know, very basic terms, the story of Adam Eve and how because of original sin, no one is inherently good. And he always has goods in like quotation marks because mm-hmm. it's like, what the fuck does good actually mean? Right? right. So no one is inherently good and that nothing good can happen without the help of God, which is something you and I have talked about mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. So he says, quote, from this perspective, the way I viewed myself as a child was rather worthless. Um, He talks about how you're putting your trust in Jesus to save you, to avoid hell and like Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And then he says, quote, and this is where I struggled with my own identity as I left Christianity. Up to that point, any good, again in quotes, in my existence was there because of Jesus. Mm -hmm. When When I removed Jesus from the formula... All that remained was a sinful human that was worthless. Then he moves on to the topic of how Christianity prohibits any sense of self-love. So I thought this was interesting. Um, He lists a variety of things that he heard over the course of his life Mm. as kind of like examples. I I just whittled it down to three that kind of stuck out to me the most. Mm. One is, the greatest way to love yourself is to love God and obey his teachings. Okay. Yeah. Uh, feelings are fickle and will lead you astray. You know. I have suppress- so many things to say. Suppr- you want to do now, or do you want me to get through these three? The, the real quick. Um, there's kind of two things that are swirling around. I love Pete Holmes, and I love his podcast, and I think he's a funny stand-up. Um, he was married in an ultra Christian, not not IBLP like super conservative but he was definitely just kind of like very devout christian mm-hmm. and uh him and his wife got divorced and then she left and got with another guy and got married right away and he was kind of stuck in this really like shitty spot and he said he will never forget going to a priest at his church and asking he goes now that i've been to therapy like he essentially, when he went to this priest to ask very like self-help or mental health questions, because he had been taught everything you need comes from the church. Yes. So once he went and he was asking him questions to try to figure out how do I deal with kind of this sense of betrayal? How do I deal with this sense of loss and, and this mild codependency that now I have to get over because now I don't have that person in my life? And the only answer he would get was that he needed to pray about it. That's the, and you know, and I actually love that you point out what, like, that it can happen anywhere. It's not just IBLP. It's not Correct. just like whatever. That's, this is a much bigger thing than that. Mm-hmm. It's what much more widespread than just a specific cult. That's a religious type mm-hmm. idea. And that priest is not 
trained in helping somebody get through this. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But there's such this fight against sending you to somebody who doesn't believe what we believe. Yep. To try to get the out because they're afraid that it means that they're going to lose their control over you. Yep. So we don't want you to be mentally and emotionally okay mm-hmm. if you are not still part of our club. Yep. So. And then my last interject, and this one's a real short one. Um, a a story came out um, in multiple outlets about how there's um, Jewish traditional schools in New York City that get state funding. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they say that they teach you know X amount are are legitimate kind of like educational standards, and then they got the funding. And then what they found out is this long-term kind of analysis of what they were actually teaching. They were teaching no reading or history or, like, language comprehension. Or they weren't teaching these kids anything. They were just teaching them the religion side. Mm -hmm. And there was all these – they interviewed so many students that were like – I got out of there assuming that, like, cool, I got to the end. Like, um, I graduated. Cool, I'm ready to go out in the world. And then I realized that I couldn't, essentially couldn't fucking read. Mm-hmm. But they got that, they got the the religious side, side of it. So they're good to go out into the world, you know. Yeah. So, anyway. I, it's just two times where it was, like, people needed something and they're told that's what they get. And that's where they go. Well, what and they you got need nothing. is just religion. You don't need education. You need religion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the last one is to yield all your desires, rights, interests, and feelings over to God. Mm-hmm. Let him have them. Let him give you the rights, desire, the, the desires, rights, interests, and feelings so that you can live your life for him. Mm-hmm. So those are things that like stuck with him, right? So then I want, I'm going to directly quote a part that he said that I found actually really good. He says, the Christian identity is not your own. It is the identity that God has already prescribed for you. And unsurprisingly, it often looks much like those who have gone before you. Or, at minimum, it is the identity permitted to you by your parents, your pastor, your church, or your perspective of God. Without Jesus, I had no worth. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really, like, you know, for to say something corny, I thought that was a powerful statement. Like, out of his whole mm-hmm. thing that he wrote, that was the thing that I was like, that stuck with me the most. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't have your own identity. Yeah. So, his next section that he writes is called, Christianity requires people to believe they are not valuable in their own selves. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks of the ideas of how, left to your own devices, you're pretty much just, you know, going to go to hell. <laughs> Um, destined to hell and that the values you have their value comes from jesus mm-hmm. um how he talks of how christianity and for christianity enforces a sense of gratitude that you know such a sacrifice which was of <laughs> course jesus for you on the cross and mm-hmm. blah 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 um such a sacrifice would be extended for such a wretched person such as yep. you you know that's catholicism to a t <laughs> right the guilt um, he says as kids that if he if he was paid like any form of compliment or recognized in any kind of way, if it would be work he did, just anything, mm-hmm. he said that he was taught to say thank you, but then to immediately also say it is only by God's grace. I know people like that. Really? 
Mm-hmm. See, that's new for me. Like, that's not something that was common in like my Mormon circle or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, that's to me is like extreme, you know? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So nothing can be about you. Yeah. It's God doing this. <laughs> you know, it's nothing about you, and you just you couldn't possibly do it on your own. So you learn how to be a woman in an IBLP. Pretty much. Okay. Got it. Um, then he talks more about how because of this, he says, quote, owning the reward and value of my own actions that created good in this world is still a foreign feeling to me. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It's like you're like, it's not being able to accept a compliment, but just not just like, I feel awkward. It's like, mm-hmm. the, no, this wasn't even done by me. This was, right. like, you know, like trying to be like, oh, I actually did this. Mm-hmm. So, And I think when I was in church and we did things and they were good things for the community or whatever it was like i don't think i ever had anybody that like 100% of it is like well it's not you tim it's the lord working through you like i felt like the people that i was around were very much like you are doing the right thing that you feel should be done that is beneficial to other people you're having a servant's heart as it <laughs> right. were but then it was it was never like well, you couldn't do it, trash ass. It's all because of the Lord. <laughs> yeah. It was very much like a like it was a it was a two tone thing. Yeah, it was a thing where yes, you are doing the right thing, and that is fantastic, and that's kind of your way of showing that like you believe these things. Mm-hmm. So I felt like even though I came from a super traditional kind of like Mexican Catholic background, I still feel like they didn't take away the fact that like you are part of doing this. Yeah. And it shows good on you because of this. And I have to say that I don't have, I can't relate to that at all. Like, I don't remember, like, I'm not saying that people wouldn't be like, oh, thank God or like whatever, but I don't feel like it was like, you don't do shit. Like, you know, it was just kind of a, not, not maybe in some of the like other teachings, but not so direct like this, Yeah, you know? Um, And he just, yeah, he goes on to talk about how all of this, of course, leads to a lack of self-identity, depression, and loneliness. Mm -hmm. Go fucking figure. Yeah. Well, there was even points, I was thinking about it when uh, you were doing an earlier part. Like, I remember feeling, I've been saying the word community for a long time. Like, you look for community. You look for community in, in all sorts of things. That's why comic book shops are fun. Because you go in and it's a bunch of nerds and like dumb comic book art things that I get excited about. The cashier guy's getting excited about it too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like when I was in church and younger, I did always feel like when we were in town and we were just kind of going through the motions, everything felt so uh, showy. It was a pageantry. There was no real relationships i was fostering because everything was this kind of like facade of this being a real thing so when we went on like youth group trips i think that was why we loved the youth group trips so much because kids can't fake it for that long and when you get a bunch of them together that are of a certain age the real people start coming out yeah And I always felt good coming back because I was able to go, cool, look, I did something church related. And I also had real conversations with people. I had real, you know, interactions with other human beings that are kind of in this community. So then when we came back and it 
Because I, it wasn't just an hour or two at church. It was like, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like when we came back, it sucked because it kind of felt like that was the part that I liked about this. And it had nothing to do with like hanging out with my friends. It was the fact that it was real. Yeah. There was you're real like, now we're back to faking on. it again. Yeah. Exactly. Putting on a show. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so I really par- paraphrased what he said. It's actually, I might even link it at some point in stories this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an interesting read. I, I, I pulled on the things that I thought were the most telling. So yeah. I'm, I'm at the kind of the last part that I pulled right now. Mm-hmm. But to quote him, he says, So when I finally decided that I could no longer claim Christianity as my belief construct, I was met with this huge question. Who are you? Who is Josh? Mm-hmm. Um, paraphrasing now, he just says that the answer is still evolving and that it required letting go of those beliefs and choosing to believe that he is worthy and valuable and has mm-hmm. value. I think you probably hear that exact same sentiment echoed in people that leave kind of any religion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, you know, which I think just kind of leads us right into the wind down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so just starting starting with the the you know the funnier stuff. First of all, I'm just very cur- curious to one. I just wonder, what does this 2022 Josh? What would he say about that 2009 post that he mm-hmm. made? Um, to me, he clearly sounds like two very different versions of himself. Um, in that original one in 2009, he's, you know, he's very protective of the Kellers and Pa, which I, you know, you know, I, I get to the extent of like, that was his family. He was at that point sounds like probably, I don't know if he was happily married, but he was married. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know, like yeah. who the fuck knows, but you know, he's not just, obviously he, he had some sort of fondness for them. He was trying to not come out and like you know bash them and whatever right but i'm just curious to hear what he would think now with obviously his sort of change in mindset mm-hmm. and also knowing now that paul keller you know has completely backed someone who has hurt his daughter and grandkids mm-hmm. and you know wrote a letter to the judge about josh being a good daddy like mm-hmm. i just would love to hear what this he him <laughs> you know version of josh mcdonald would think now because he doesn't have a connection to them anymore yeah and also he just is like an entirely different place in his life entirely different Mm -hmm. um overall overall i just i i find his evolution um interest oh i'm sorry evolution jim bob said evolution doesn't exist (laughs) (laughs) so i'm sorry i don't know what else to call this but you know phrasing please um you know i just find his change does that work Yes, that works. Um, I find his change interesting. So he goes from growing up in IBLP to then 14 years ago. So mathematically, that makes him about 26. 14 years ago, he's saying that he's out of like the cult mentality and he doesn't believe their teachings, but he does completely self-identify at the time as a conservative Christian. Mm Mm-hmm. Then going so far as to being an actual pastor of it at some point to then where he is now, which is basically, I don't know, I take it as pretty much basically denouncing Christianity as a whole. So I just find it really interesting. um, And I feel like it really speaks to the steps that it takes to pull yourself out of these types of things Mm -hmm. and how it's just like a step by step, like small process at a time. There's just 
like so much for you to deconstruct. You're undoing a lot of like micro trauma. Yeah. And so I feel like you have to start at the top with the things that are like the most obvious Mm -hmm. and then like work your way down to the roots. Right. Yeah. So I think that's why a lot of people, um, they'll just kind of settle in that middle ground. So it's like get rid of those glaringly obvious things like, you know, four million kids, Mm. the long skirts, the long crunchy hair. The, you know, ATI, like no music or TV. Like, I feel like they kind of just get rid of that kind of freak show aspect of it that makes them stand out, mm-hmm. you know, differentiates them. And they get rid of all of that so that they just kind of blend in with like the mainstream conservative Christian. Right. Which is to me like a ginger currently. I know you don't know a lot about like current ginger, mm-hmm. but to me, this describes like a current ginger. Get pull out all the stuff so on the outside you look like man you're like a with it you're you're out because look at you wearing pants look at you yeah. you just went to a concert this week mm-hmm. like but their base her base beliefs are still a lot of the problematic things i feel <laughs> you know things mm. that i think are problematic yeah but i just feel like digging any deeper i think it's just more than most of them want to do it's because you know it's going to get shitty before it gets better. Yeah, it's more like, it's more than they're comfortable confronting, you know? Yeah. So that middle ground is easy. Let's shave off the shit that makes us look like a freak show. Mm-hmm. And just kind of land in, and we're blending in with the crowd, you know? I think if there is any sort of serious things that way, it's kind of like the maybe you don't want to dig that far down because it'll probably ruin your relationship with your parents exactly it's it it takes it like you know it's a little bit more like okay my mom accepts that i wear pants and my mom accepts <laughs> that you know i i might be listening to christian rock like you know or mm-hmm. whatever the fuck it is. like ginger went to a michael buble uh, you know concert this week and so oh, i just have to tell you Famy, of course had to like insert herself and her comment and because you know how like with those people like people that they're actually friends with the comments go on top mm. so of course Famy's like i'm so excited you're getting to experience blah, blah, blah. And it's like her way of like knowing that like she could just make <laughs> something into something like she yeah. just can't fucking not you know <laughs> but um yeah so i just feel like you're like okay if i just don't do this and this but i don't it won't completely separate from my family but like something like this josh guy mm-hmm. i think that you know his experience what he's doing is i feel extremely rare in their circle specifically um i mean going from literally one extreme to the other from his upbringing to where he is now it sounds like Mm -hmm. that is literally as opposite like as you can get obviously it took a lot of years he's in his fucking 40s now but that's still i just don't feel like a lot of people land on the end of like i think christianity might be bullshit right you know what i mean um yeah, so it's just, it's for all the reasons that he mentions that completely uproots your entire identity. Mm-hmm. And most people don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, he, of course, he kind of focused on like the Jesus aspect, like the value aspect of, you know, like kind of like owing everything to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, it just goes so far beyond that. It's everything you said. It's your relationships with your family. Mm-hmm. It's it's all of that. It's everything yeah. you've ever put any kind of attention to in your life or anything Mm -hmm. that's ever surrounded you is just completely different well i think the general idea too is like you see it whenever there's conflict 
um, among family members and then there's like a holiday, (laughs) it's always the mindset of like, well, that's how family is. We're going to come and be miserable. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we've had this discussion a lot with like family parts that you like cut out of your life. And it's like you don't even have like a big blowout. There's no like confrontation, but it's like I'm just I'm just not going to communicate with those people. Yeah. And I've told those stories to like people at work or, you know, little one off things here and there. They're like, well, you're going to like talk to them again. Right. Because it's like family. And it's like, but if if I wouldn't put up with certain behavior from a person off the street, why would I put up with that with somebody just because we randomly have the same family? Yeah, it's like if if you're not a person that is upping, like, plussing my life, I don't know if that's somebody I want to waste bandwidth on, you yeah. know? Yep. Um, did you notice how he, I just thought it was, he talked about having, really feeling like he didn't have an identity. And I just kept thinking, like, oh, man, like, not trying to discount his feelings. I'm not saying they're not true i'm like oh man try imagine being a woman in this situation so i think it just shows to how bad it is for women mm-hmm. like if he felt this as a man that just because of religion in general he felt like he didn't have an identity yeah. imagine being the fucking woman in this situation where mm-hmm. they can't do a damn thing yeah they have it's all controlled and decided for them he's saying he feels the control and the you know because of religion which i'm it's, it's true mm-hmm but I'm like, try being a fucking woman all this. Jesus Christ. So I just, yeah, yeah I think that really shows you how bad it is. Mm-hmm. Um, And I, I definitely enjoyed the talk of how with God or Jesus, like him talking about, it's, basically, it's like almost like you have no direction without it. Like you would just be bad. Like mm-hmm. if you, <laughs> um, like you couldn't possibly be good on your own. Like, yep. you know, it's just an impossible thought that mm-hmm. without religion or putting it to god all the time you couldn't possibly have your own moral compass correct it's just such a foreign idea Mm. to these people and it it actually um made me think of what is it is it teller of pen and teller he's a you know very known like atheist Mm-hmm. But I remember hearing about, like, I just remember one thing, you know, he says a lot. He's, he talks about, like, religion and things a lot. Mm-hmm. But one thing that really stuck with me was one time when he said that somebody asked him, like, a religious person, of course, asked him, well, what keeps you from, like, murdering people? Mm, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he said, mm-hmm. I murder as much as I want, which is, like, I, I mean, I'm par- I don't know the exact words. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I murder as much as I want, and that's none. And that's none. Mm-hmm. Just, like, this idea that without religion as a guide, you would just be out, like, fucking running amok. You'd be out murdering, murdering and raping. And, yeah. yeah. Like, you have to have religion <laughs> and God and putting things to God every day to not be this horrible fucking human being. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind mm-hmm. that it seems so foreign to them that you could just, you could be your own guide. But then it also ties in. That tells you more about what, they're forced to think rather than what everyone else is. Oh, yeah. Because it's in their head, there's no way outside of having this belief that would keep you from doing these bad things. It's crazy to me. Like, I can't wrap my head. As much as they can't wrap their head around, like, how we're not out there murdering and fucking... Ra- like, Tim, why aren't you out there fucking raping every woman you see on the street? And why aren't you praising me when I don't do that? <laughs> I know, right? 
but she'd be like, today you went a day without raping and murdering. But like, it's just as what that's wild to them. It's just as wild to me that they can't see that that's not, hey, I don't need to be religious to not want to do that. But, but you even see it in like religions versus other religions. Yeah. Where it's that idea of like. They demonize each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's a way to jack themselves off because it's like I picked the right one or I was born into the right one and you just obviously don't understand. Yeah. You know what you I mean? You can't, you know. Right. It's Possibly. just, it's so fucking pious, this yeah. idea that like, well, I got it wrong and you didn't. You know, Or you got You're, it wrong and I didn't. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's wild. Um, The last thing, I just wanted to talk about how I like I feel like now for like the millionth time we're hearing about how your own thoughts and feelings are just completely suppressed. Now, not saying that it's we we've picked up on that through reading the things that we've read. This mm-hmm. is the first time it's being laid out as like, hey, this is what happened. He's saying whatever what we've been thinking. But you're just you're not allowed to like have your own feelings and everything is because of God. Mm-hmm. The, that's for God to decide for you. Um, or if you're a woman, that's for your husband to decide for you. But it just, it made me think of how, when I was a kid, I was constantly in church listening to people bear their testimony, you know. And a lot of times in their testimonies, they would have these moments that they talk about how they felt the spirit. Or that they felt an answer to their prayers. Or like felt some sort of confirmation, you know, something along those lines, right? Like coming from God. And I could just never relate. I had no understanding of what they were talking about. And I just remember being like, what do they mean? Like everybody's talking about this like moment, right? Mm -hmm. And of course there would be, you know, they would have a million reasons why I'm not feeling this. What am I doing wrong? Or, you know, or like whatever. And then there was one day when I was older that, like, it fucking clicked. And I think I was, like, a teenager. And I, I vividly remember. I wish I could remember what song. I can't remember the song. But I remember I was listening to some song. Something secular, not hymnal. You know, had a oh, rock why? beat, I'm sure. I'm not um, a fan. <laughs> it was, I was hard boiling eggs. Um, <laughs> but I just remember I was listening to this song and I got goosebumps. And, like, I just got kind of, like, that feeling you get, mm-hmm. like, or, like, whatever. And I remember being, like, I think I fucking get it now. Mm-hmm. And then it was then that I realized that what I just experienced as a moment with, like, the secular song, mm-hmm. not at all related to God, <laughs> you know, in any way, shape, or form, or religion. But, like, a moment where, like, probably just overwhelming emotion is probably the only way I can, like, mm-hmm. describe it. Um, was probably at my best guess at the time was I'm like, I'm like, this is probably what they mean by feeling, feeling the spirit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, especially because the reason it all clicked is because of how many times people are like, oh, I was, you know, the song was going at church and I just felt the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they probably got the same fucking, <laughs> you know, like goosebumps mm-hmm. that like I just got. And it was then that I like realized that all those years that I could never relate was because like I knew 
that those moments of like emotion or like understanding or a feeling of peace was just my own feeling within myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's like fucking corny to say like it was from within me, mm-hmm. right? But like, I feel like it just because they are so in the mindset of you put everything to God. They don't know how to differentiate between their own feelings or or it being like this sign from God. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be this sign from God if I suddenly felt an overwhelming feeling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know that feeling too. Yeah. I remember you hit it on the head when I was once again going to like youth group trips and we'd be up in like Prescott for like three nights over like a long weekend and I remember I loved a lot of the interaction stuff with me and the other like teenagers that were there um but I remember there was always those moments there we did a lot of really cool stuff while we were up there but it none of it was important to me because of my faith or my relationship with God, or my, my, whatever, my studying of the scripture, it was important to me because of the people. Mm-hmm. And the things that we were doing were important because we were all kind of being vulnerable, and we were all um, kind of analyzing ourselves. So even though it was done through a level of, of religion, I felt like it was very personal and interpersonal between yeah. everybody that went on those trips. And I remember there was a couple of things where it was that same thing where it would be like the, the oh, don't you feel it? Don't you feel it? And I never felt anything. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at, and I remember driving home from one of those youth group things on the bus and having this really weird like existential crisis because I remember going, am I the only one that doesn't feel this? Because then it was, what's wrong with me? Like I, once again, I have to be the problem. Yeah. So why do I not experience this? And then combine that with those teenage feelings of needing to belong and peer pressure. And then I would look and I'd be like, well, all these other people were acting that way. Do they feel it? And I don't. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it preys so much on your need for being part of the group. Yeah. You know? And I remember you talk about having that feeling later on from a song. The last time I really hard felt that feeling was about four or five years ago. And it was a camping trip that me and uh, my brothers-in-law and a bunch of friends take every year. And I remember we had gone this big long ride on ATVs and it was like through the forest and it was dusty and it was all this. But we had a point where we were all like, yeah, we're tired. We want to go back to the campsite. So we got on the highway and rode our ATVs on this highway to take the short way back. So instead of it being a three-hour trip, it was like a 20-minute ride up the highway. And I will never, ever forget, It was the weather was nice and cool. And we were kind of like going through like this really hilly, hilly, northern. <laughs> hilly. Hilly. What is this? Chilly. Heel. Um, this really hilly area. And we were like coming in and out of like groups of trees and like the sun was out. And I just remember the sun hit me and I closed my eyes for a while and it was like the wind. And that was when I got that feeling. Yeah. It was just that like 
overall buzz of contentment. Yeah, and but like it can't just possibly be a moment of peace. Yeah. It has to be a sign from God. And you know, and I'm not knocking on anybody. Like if you feel like you're getting actual signs, I'm just, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm just, but yeah. I, my point is that they make it out to be like you couldn't possibly feel that on your own. Correct. And that's what the part that's like crazy. That feeling of peace, God. Mm-hmm. The literal effects of music on your body, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we were watching Mulan the other night, right? Because we've been... um. Ever it's since we mentioned it, ever since we watched it a couple or talked about it a couple episodes ago, I mean, number one, every fucking song in Mulan is a banger. <laughs> it is a great movie, underrated, so good. But we watched it last night to kind of get like you know, get this out of our head because we've been thinking about it so much. And there's one particular scene that because i kind of knew what you know where my deep guy was going at this point and stuff like that i wasn't finished yet but there's this the scene where she um climbs up the pole mm-hmm. and she's at the top and she throws down the arrow i fucking like i get goosebumps every time mm-hmm. i get like fucking like oh my like i get this overwhelming feeling and shout out to brandy who listens to the to the <laughs> podcast like she ever since that episode she was like i love mulan she <laughs> actually did that um make a man out of make a man of you for like a mm-hmm. floor exercise in gymnastics which is pretty cool which Ooh, you know how i feel nice. about gymnastics Hell too yeah. um but like she talks about like and I, I was like that scene and she's like oh my god that scene mm-hmm. always gets me too but it was yeah. just funny when we were watching that last night i'm like if you were like a super religious person i'm like i feel like they would say that this feeling is the spirit but i'm watching mulan and <laughs> it's just really the feeling of overwhelming emotion yeah you know what that moment is for me in that movie? What? Um, when they're singing Girl Worth Fighting For and they come up Girl to the burnt up village. For. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it's that sad. like hard cut yeah. to the fact that they're like talking about a lot of really good shit and then they get like kicked in the fucking teeth with like reality. Yeah. Like the, mm, that gets me emotional every time. But like overwhelming emotion. Couldn't mm-hmm. be from you. It's a sign from God, you know, depending yeah. on like their situation. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just a thought where I was just like, someone might say that this was like my the the reaction I'm feeling, I think they would equate to the spirit if it was in a context yeah. of anything remotely that they could say is a spirit. So you don't think the Lord was speaking to you through Mulan? <laughs> you know, you know, I can't be a hundred percent sure, <laughs> but I'm gonna say about like ninety eight point seven percent not, you know. Um, okay. Where am I? Okay, so yeah, so I just kind of finished up on that thought. Um, very random thing that kind of stuck with me. I don't know if this means anything to anybody else, but it did kind of stick with me that he is now an avid hiker. The reason for that is I'm not saying I have no idea about this man's life. I could be all fucking wrong. Maybe he's been hiking even through all of his years of religion. Mm-hmm. But the only reason it stuck out to me is because I feel like hiking is a good place for both like disconnection and connection all at the same time. Agree. Right? So I just feel like it really lines up with someone who is kind of like leaving faith and coming into their own, like mm-hmm. creating their own, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like, I don't know. So here's, he he keeps talking about this word framework. Framework. Yeah. So it's like he's leaving this christianity framework and like creating i just feel like for someone who might be possibly you know starting over like hiking is like the thing and i'm not saying every hiker every person on a hike is going through some Mm -hmm. extra you know like this huge crisis or whatever but i just feel like it's kind of one of those places 
where you, again, disconnect and connect all at the same time. But it's like a place for you to really reflect. It's a very introspective yes, place. With, because you have nothing else to do. Yes. And completely outside of the space of just prayer. I mean, mm-hmm. you could pray. I'm not saying you can't. But like outside prayer and like Bible study. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of really stuck with me because I could totally see that as he's going through this kind of thing, mm-hmm. being like being out in nature is like the thing that is like bringing peace and calm and letting him work through his own mm-hmm. like thoughts. Like, I don't know if anybody knows who Melissa Urban is or follows her, like whatever. I love her. She's way more than just a creator of Whole30. She really makes mm-hmm. you think with a lot of her posts. I'm huge fan. But she she calls hiking going to church. Mm-hmm. So she'll say, today I went to church. Hmm? <laughs> Anyways. Um, she's getting emotional. That's why she stopped. I'm not a religious at all. Mm-hmm. At all. But I just always find it interesting how she's just like, today I went to church and she always calls God a she. Mm-hmm. But the thing I like about that, because even whether you think man or I, I just take it as a representation as like God is whatever the fuck you want it to be. Yeah. And you see that. You see that in... We've had the discussion where a lot of major religions, like the the lessons to be learned, are the same. Don't be shitty. At the very core, <laughs> yeah. Don't be a like, piece of shit, and then they end up being a giant piece of shit to so many people around them, which is what's so ironic. Mm-hmm. But, but it's it's that idea of like, what if what if the big secret is that this this other level of existence. That everyone's trying to reach, whether it's Nirvana or God or whoever, you know, whoever it is that's like this other plane of existence. What if it's all the same? Right. I don't know. It's just. And like you talk about that, like going out into nature and doing that for some people, that's their way to achieve a little glimpse into this other plane of existence. And when you see people that are like, oh, man, they're. You should it when they ski like that gets them into their into that place. What if that's all it is? Every single person is so different in order to find a way to tap into this other plane of existence. And, and at the end of the day, I don't understand why anybody gives a fuck what anybody actually believes, mm-hmm. whether they believe in God or not, mm-hmm. whether, you know, I don't know whether they think fucking Noah's Ark is real or not. Can you tell what I feel? Um, <laughs> but like, you know, just like, why do you actually care? I think the thing that the only thing I judge by is your actions. Mm-hmm. How you treat are, other people. Are you harming other people? Mm-hmm. Are you doing better for the world? I don't give a fuck if you believe in something I don't exactly. Mm-hmm. It is all about what you leave behind in the world, the damage or good you do. What Mm -hmm. does it matter what the fuck you believe? Yeah. So I don't care if you're a fucking atheist. I don't care if you are devoutly, you know, believe in God and you believe Mm -hmm. in heaven and hell and I don't believe in heaven. I don't give a shit. I don't Mm -hmm. give a shit. Like I told you about that time that when I said that none of that manner, I didn't care where I was going. Like Mm -hmm. that's not a focus. And I could watch that person I worked with, like literally filing me away into like fucking heathen, like like, in that moment, they could not wrap their head around. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't care. I don't care whether heaven and hell exists. I'm Mm -hmm. living my life Mm -hmm. how I think I should Mm -hmm. regardless. Yeah. I don't even care if there's a God or not. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not saying there isn't. I'm not saying there is. I don't fucking know. I'm saying I and don't know. And at the end of the day, I don't care because mm-hmm. I'm still living how I think I should live. Mm-hmm. I always think about my old sous chef, Arthur. Good old Arthur. Love oh, Arthur. Man. We love him. Um, Him and his sister are decently devout Catholics. And, um, you know, if when we were going to put an offer on our house and anytime that we've done anything uh no not noteworthy but like kind of you know momentous in our lives arthur's always been very um oh me and lynn are gonna pray for you yeah and i would always thank him and then he hit a point where he'd be like i i prayed about you last night i'm sorry and i was like what are you apologizing for sorry yeah and he was like, well, I know you and Whitney don't really, like, believe in that. And I'm like, I'm just happy you're sending me positive vibes, man. Yeah, no. Like, it, like my like, thing at the end of the day, the only time I'm going to take offense to you saying that you prayed for me is if it's in some fucking condescending ass way where you're like, <laughs> I'll pray for you. That's when I'm like, you can fuck right off. But if someone, if it's someone's way of telling me that they're, like, thinking of me mm-hmm. and they mean it in a positive way, fucking go for it. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. you know like i don't yeah. care like that's fine mm-hmm. i don't i don't know so then the people i go both ways like so then people who aren't like believers getting all mad about that's like shut up someone means as long as they're not being a condescending fucking asshole mm-hmm. what does it matter yep i don't know that's just me <laughs> other people could have different opinions <laughs> but um yeah so it's kind of funny i i do you have anything else you wanted to Mm-mm. say i thought we had a pretty interesting uh kind of mini dive on our our religious ideas yep <laughs> um i think it's kind of funny because so recently we've gotten a large influx of new listeners this week mm-hmm. uh you can tell number one from instagram follows but also from just like our analytics and stuff and uh yeah so i was gonna i'll talk about that in some sec just some reminders but I will say one thing I appreciate about uh, Instagram is some of the light, the banting is some of the light, like roasting I get from people. Mm-hmm. Someone said this week, they were just like, congratulations, you made it through an episode without crying. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I just fucked it up and yep. I just cried. But yeah, almost made it. Yep, almost. <laughs> yeah. Or another person, they said, uh, I think her name's Jen. She's a local. She's an Arizona mm-hmm. name. Um I love the roast. She was like, wow, I was really disappointed to hear that you gave away pieces of your heart to Miguel <laughs> in <laughs> kindergarten. Um, anyways, um, so yeah, I didn't make it through an episode. With, I, I, Damn it. Yeah. I almost made it. I didn't think there was going to be anything this episode that made me cry, but Neither apparently I. you never know. <laughs> um, anything else you want to say before I give some closing spiels? Nope. Okay. So with this influx of new listeners that I was talking about, I just wanted to point out. So if you're coming in later on or if you've just never checked it out before on our Instagram, digging up the Duggars pod, that's where we're most active. Mm -hmm. You can start from the beginning, obviously, of our like grid feed and you could work your way through and you, you know, from episode one to Mm -hmm. present, obviously. But the grid feed does not show everything because we do quite a bit in stories. Not mm-hmm. necessarily every single week, but most most weeks we have some stuff that's kind of fun and interactive. Mm-hmm. So to capture all of that, if you actually go to our reels, we have our highlight reels, I mean, mm-hmm. um, 
under our highlights there's a highlight for every episode and you can just work your way through it and you can kind of catch all the stuff because some stuff even gets brought up later and we still save mm-hmm. it to that episode so it's just kind of a fun way to make sure that you're catching all the things so go to our highlight reels mm-hmm. so again instagram digging up the duggers pod email us at digging up the duggers at gmail mm-hmm. and um yeah buy us a pickle do you know what i you know what we need you know, like we had one of those things at my old, I'm sorry, um, at my old, old job, the hospital, we had one, like it was a big S. I forget why it was an S, but it's like you kept track of all the times without instances. <laughs> I think we need to have like a chart in here that's like how it's many, ep- this-, this many episodes without any fucking crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It's my baguette to carry though. Yep. We're at zero in. <laughs> It's been zero episodes. Without yep. her crying. Yep. All right. Is that it? Uh, yeah, I think so. This has been an eventful day. We, yes. uh, oh, our God. power went out when we were about to record, so five we waited later. like five hours to uh, to get our, and we felt like our door, front door was going to blow in. We're missing shingles on our roof. Yeah. It was a whole thing. Yeah. So it's been definitely been a whole evening. So. It was a harrowing journey to get to recording. <laughs> it was. But I, yeah. So, have a good week. I think the last thing I have to say is, um, I taught my little friend here a a cool a cool trick. Uh, what do you say, Bailey? Hi, I'm Brian Fellow. No, you're not. <laughs>